Hello and welcome to Nerd vs World episode 34, Good Morning Viet Nerd. I'm Brendan. I'm Spindles. And I'm Amy. And I'm Emma. So on this week's show we'll be covering a load of topics. We've got Guardians of the Galaxy to talk about. There's Nine Worlds Geek Fest to catch up with. Uh, we'll be discussing Robin Williams and his sad passing. Um, a couple of TV shows we've been watching and... Anything else that comes to mind? Yeah, one else we've missed. <laughs> and we've missed four, obviously. And the four, whole four yes, sets yes, yes, things, yeah, so yeah. We'll probably have an opinion on that, I'm mm. sure. Where should we start? Guardians. It has to be. be. <laughs> Got to be Guardians to start off with. I think hopefully everybody in the world has seen it. I know that there's at least one person in this room who hasn't, but uh, <laughs> it's all fine. Uh, no, awesome, awesome film. I, I, I cannot heap enough praise on it. Yeah, I've seen it twice now, and I'm prepared to go and see it a third time at the cinema, even at cinema prices. It's just that damn good. We absolutely loved it as a family, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Apparently it's had a massive uh, impact on the charts as well, with a lot of the yeah, songs. The, the yeah, the soundtrack. Yeah. That's, like, seriously, when I wrote the review, I was listening to the soundtrack, and I was just laughing, remembering bits of the film that the, the music was from. I, mean, I think that was the thing about the film that took me the most by surprise was the 80s influence in it because I, I really wasn't expecting that at all it just came out of nowhere but it made huge amounts of sense for his character yeah massively I mean he's essentially uh, Star-Lord is suffering like arrested development as an adult he's still the 8 year old kid that was kidnapped by the Ravagers at the start of the movie yeah you know so everything from there, his character is based around an eight-year-old's ideal of what a superhero and rebel would be. And just with all of the kind of, everything that was happening in the 80s is all he knows of Earth. So for him, he literally is stuck in the 80s. Yes, the Kevin Bacon references. Yeah, the Kevin Bacon references in it were amazing. amazing. Yeah. And Kevin Bacon <laughs> tweeted about it, he fucking loved it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would, wouldn't well, you? Yeah. In a film like that, then all of a sudden, you know, you get picked up as like Earth's mightiest hero for being in Footloose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but did you manage to grab a lizard to sing? No. <sighs> Disappointing. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. I mean, that opening scene that got me just it's yeah, brilliant. singing into the whatever that lizard was as a microphone was just genius. <laughs> and just the strut. Yeah. And the dance off at the end. It's like the dance off at the end was utterly unexpected. That came out literally out of nowhere, and we were pissing ourselves <laughs> laughing at that. <laughs> yeah. It was just nice to have a big summer movie that didn't portray itself as being a dark film it was yeah. it had there was no cynicism about it it didn't take itself seriously it was just fun it was a fun movie yeah um, I think it was, it, it, in a lot of ways it kind of took what Thor 2 was and took it a lot further because the second Thor movie was hilarious yeah it really was it was a brilliant funny movie and then I think Guardians of the Galaxy has taken that one step further with a whole bunch of characters and you know the the characters 
in it are so diverse and eclectic in what they are that it's just it's the kind that, that you actually watch the movie and you are awestruck by the film because it's just so many pieces thrown together that probably shouldn't work yeah, but, but it does does sounds like one of our podcasts <laughs> <laughs> no guardians works <laughs> <laughs> well they had a better budget it's true you mean they had a budget yeah <laughs> same difference <laughs> but it is great and we were saying before the show before we started recording at some point in the film, each of the five of the main characters is the audience surrogate. So it's the, the, mm. the character that is meant to be put across your POV. Sort of what the companion was meant to be in original Doctor Who. Yeah. Sort of like the, the, the audience that became the yeah. question of the week. Yeah. Well, let's not come to that again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Speaking of companions of Doctor Who, what did you think to... What, Karen Gillan? Karen Gillan. As, yeah. as Nebula. Mm. Thought she was fine. Yeah. I thought she was fine. I think I she. Think I think that, she. I think she of, there was. They developed an awful lot of the characters, but I think they kind of missed developing the baddies so much. Um. Well. They didn't have time. Yeah. Perhaps. I mean, Ronan the Accuser. He is what he is. He's a Cree supremacist. So like. Mm. Once you know that, there's not much to do. I, yeah. I, th- I think the big bad guy. That was fine. They. 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 Expanded on him, but I think. And was right that the peripheral ones you didn't really see enough of. So Karen Gillan, you didn't really see that much of her character. No, really. And Thanos, you didn't see much of him either. No. The Josh Brolin has confirmed that he is uh, contracted for three more appearances as Thanos. Yeah. So three more Marvel movies. I'm assuming that there must be the lead up to what is going to be the Infinity Gauntlet series. Yeah, Avengers three, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. So Avengers three will deal with the Infinity Gauntlet because um, they've. Well, we already know where we have four, four or four. Yeah. So we've got Ether from Thor two, yep. Loki's staff, yep. the Tesseract, yep. and now I'm guessing the Power, power Gem. Yeah, Power Gem. From, from that, and that's what I liked about uh, Guardians as well. Is for the first time it really put across to an unsuspecting Marvel audience exactly how powerful the Infinity Stones are. Yeah. Well. Uh, I, I, yeah. I suppose it did. We already kind of knew from how powerful the Tesseract was in both Avengers and Captain America. We knew that the Tesseract was ridiculously powerful. Uh, even Thor 2, was it Thor 2 did the Tesseract as well? No, no, it was because he took it back with him in Avengers, didn't they? Because yeah. um, that was the, the, the whole thing was that they didn't want to have... So that, that wasn't revealed as a as a Infinity Stone until the end of that's Thor right. 2, yeah, yeah. It's when they delivered the ether to the collector. It's like, a, it was because they didn't want to have the two stones in the same place. Yeah. So that's when we figured out that the Tesseract was. Because I think I, I think I remember going right back to when I think it was Captain America came out, and I think I was remember seeing it going, "Oh, that blue thing's going to be important at some point." Yeah. <laughs> and then it's yeah, the new Red MacGuffin. <laughs> yes, it's Marvel squidgy Red MacGuffin. So there's yeah. one more. That, yeah, there's, is there five? Yes, yeah. five, yeah. So, so there's, there's one more to go. Yeah, which I assume we will find possibly during Age of Ultron or something, maybe, or maybe, maybe Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. Yeah, Doctor Strange. That would make be, sense. Yeah. 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 Well, I don't know where it's going to come, but that'd be interesting. Indeed, yeah. So, yeah, oh, yeah I can see kind of why they might not have developed some of them in that particular movie and possibly if Karen Gillan's going to carry on and be in the other ones as well I don't know yeah well, I, I imagine she'll be back I mean she, 
well, even if she had died on screen, mm-hmm. it's Marvel. Yeah. They'll come back. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, she obviously... Because they've got to build up Thanos, they've got to build up... I, I assume they've got to build up her a bit more, and then, uh, it, technically speaking, there'll be Guardians of the Galaxy 2 at some point as yeah. well, I imagine. And that'll be before Avengers 3. Yeah, and that will, I, I imagine, deal more with the kind of unanswered questions of this one about uh, Star Lord's dad. Yeah. Which, yeah, didn't really go into that much apart from the fact that he was a bit of an asshole and yeah. Michael Rooker didn't like him. Yeah, a bit of a jerk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How good was uh, Michael Rooker? Michael Rooker guy? was amazing, yeah. His, his character was the one that had the, was most different in the comics. Yeah. Because um, I would see him joining the Guardians, because he, he was a Guardian of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. I imagine he'll probably join them at some point during the sequel. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah. Because you think there's that little knowing smile at the end. Yeah. He's probably found, you know, someone to follow rather than someone to boss around for a change. Yeah. Uh, but the arrow, because Yondu could, was an archer who could adjust the flight of an arrow after he'd fight it using mm. whistles. So it worked well, I thought. That was, yeah, that was pretty cool. Kind yeah. of sheep dogging an arrow. Yeah, it was just nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's fucking cool. <laughs> Although cheap doggy in arrow sounds a bit, a bit fucking weird. Sheep dogging in arrow. Uh, yeah. Watch out for that in the CW <laughs> <when you> come <laughs> for. Yeah, that's what gets like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hmm. <clears throat> but, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I can really can't praise it. I can't stop praising Flossy, you though. failed this city. <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow, it's okay, I'm still on sheep dogging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just talking give, about give it. A minute. The, arrow, the arrow trailer for season three looked Looks amazing. fucking cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's, there's he, some very good promising stuff yeah. in and there. The fact, and the fact that he's gone back to that line as well. Mm, Not yeah. flossy, obviously, but you have failed this city. Yeah. So, yeah. And they've got. Um, Black Cat's trainer in there. No, not Black Cat, Black Canary's trainer in there. Yeah. I've made the mistake you made a couple of episodes ago. Indeed. Black Cat Black Canary. That's fine. Yay, it's yeah, not just me. We've go. <laughs> got stuff on our mind, folks. <laughs> but it's, it's getting it back on canon as well, isn't it? Yeah. With the right sister. With the right sister playing mm, Black Canary, yeah. yeah. And of course, we're going to see whether they're going to cross it over with Flash when that starts up as well. There is going to cross over. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. already been declared. Has it? Right, okay. I think, yeah. yeah, I think um, yeah. Arrow is going to appear in the Flash pilot. I think the story will be told there'll be the same story but told from different POVs in each yes. series right okay so yes certain episodes will cross it, 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 a la Buffy Angel a, a, yeah. an episode yeah. 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 yeah exactly like Buffy and Angel yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so who's Spike? oh well, I imagine um, Red Rocket or what did they turn what's his name's boyfriend into or yeah um, yeah that, that works yeah or no, he's a bit too old. Uh, John Barrowman. <laughs> Who is uh, no longer guest cast. Is he series it? regular? He's series yeah. regular. Yeah. Awesome. So who's he going to bone then? Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone. Because yeah. he's that kind of guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Singing while he does it. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, oh Christ! They are really going to follow Buffy with that one, aren't they? Mm. <laughs> They'll have an old singing, dancing episode yeah, too. Yeah. Jazz hands. 
<laughs> Once more with feeding episode of fucking Arrow. <laughs> but they can oh <laughs> What show was gonna do a musical episode? Supernatural. Supernatural, yeah. yeah oh yeah, a musical episode. I think probably once upon a time has to at some point. Oh god yeah. Especially with the new with Frozen, with Frozen coming, coming up, yeah. Oh, they, they they have to do a musical episode. <laughs> You're yeah. Right, dude. Yeah. <laughs> You've been subjected to frozen a bit recently. <laughs> no. Just uh, only from fucking everybody posting shit about frozen on fucking Facebook and every other social media out there. Why? Feel the rage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, it's, it's, it's weird. Oh, it's, it, there's about fucking 250 bloody. Parodies cycling the entire them. world. Yeah, is quoting for, I think he's just catching up with the stuff that we've all been seeing for the last few months, and we've just now kind of passed off. I think it's just now hitting. No, it's still going. <laughs> it's it's weird being on this side of the rage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that isn't rage. <laughs> this one's like for you guys. I'm not a comedian. <laughs> And then, of course, other stuff we've got coming up in a couple of weeks' time is New Doctor Who. Yeah. We're about two weeks away now. Have you guys been watching the trailers? I, I, I'm kind of purposefully avoiding all the trailers, so I haven't I've watched I've seen one anything. and it looked really shit. I've seen one and it looked pretty cool. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen one and I wasn't entirely convinced. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I'm going to have to... Just leave it alone until the episode comes out and watch the episode. Yeah, yeah I think I, I'm I'm utterly leaving it alone. I don't want to go anywhere near any of the trailers. Yeah. I just want to watch it fresh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Without think, any prejudgments, really. Yeah, because I mean, I, I know we've kind of bandied about all sorts of stuff about what might happen and stuff coming up to it, but now that it's actually a real thing that's happening, yeah. you know, I, I actually believe that it's Peter Capaldi as the Doctor now, it's not that they're not just going to turn around and last minute, it's going to be somebody else. Go, ha, yeah. fucking well, they finished filming the well, entire series yeah. now yeah, with so, Peter yeah. Capaldi's so quite fine hoax. I, I think I actually believe them now. Yeah. <laughs> it's taken a while. <laughs> it has taken a while. Yeah. I still think Idris Elba should suddenly do. Yeah. <laughs> That would be very cool. Saying about the Doctor Who Sherlock crossover, weren't they? And should they do it? Should they not do it? The answer is no. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, well, apparently <laughs> he's been saying yes. Who? Um, Moffat? Mm. Nah, he no. But he said that everybody else I think he's just no. trolling yeah, the world there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's given, he's given Tumblr something to squeal about. Yeah. That's what he's doing there. <laughs> yeah. That'll never happen. So the, the that, that might be the point where I just rage quit on well, yeah. I was going to say that, that there is a Christmas special Sherlock and a Christmas special Doctor Who <laughs> if it's ever going to happen it's going to be there no wouldn't they say something about children in Doctor need Shlew. or something no. uh, well children in need they can possibly get away yeah. yes that's fine, fine. Yeah, I, I'm not, not reality. Yeah, no ch- charity really? live charity yeah, event live type ones. Thing. Yeah, fine, but yeah, it's like it's just like the Rowan Atkinson being the Doctor in the Comic Relief Special. Well, everybody yeah. being the Doctor in that, in that <laughs> Comic Relief Special. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd be yeah, it'd be a bit of fun, but they they certainly couldn't do it in all seriousness because the the world would just murder Moffat. I think, he, I think he said what what would happen if the two egos got in the same room is they'd both just kind of go off and sulk and it wouldn't be a very good episode at all. I, if it had been Matt Smith playing the Doctor versus Bandit Carabach then Sherlock would have owned him. Mm. But I think Peter Capaldi as the Doctor would kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> he just seems to have 
immediately just have a harder, edgier feel about yeah, it. Unleashes eyebrows at him. Yeah. That's it, have done with it. <laughs> Fuck it, bye. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, so that's two weeks away. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Indeed. Uh, I'll, I'll have to try and find some way of watching it. From it's an hour and a half special. Egypt, because we're in Egypt. Oh, not oh you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't know the internet over there. Hotel's got free Wi Fi. We'll just have to avoid you. Yeah, right. So the hotel has got free Wi Fi. Yeah. How many people are going to be trying to find well, I'll be able to watch it, but you'll find a way. Well, I'm, I'm hoping to actually record like the, the intro to one of my other podcasts while I'm there, just so I can go. Ah, I'm in Egypt. Enjoy the podcast. <laughs> it depends. It depends how much you mind, because if you pay five pounds for the world traveller for the day, well, you could yeah. use your data, you UK data allowance, so it yeah. only cost you a fiver to stream it over your phone. Indeed. Over 4G. I think we found a solution. So that way I can stream it over 4G from whatever inflatable thing I'm sitting in while I'm travelling round and round in circles on a lazy river drinking margaritas. Because that's what I intend to do for most of that week. Sounds like fun. Yeah. I was just going to watch it at home. But... <laughs> you can always put one of those like little inflatable rubber rings in the bath sit, and sit, pretend. Sit in the bath with a cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you'll have to get one of those inflatable rings from like Lidl's or something. <laughs> Sit in the rubber ring in your bath. <laughs> it might actually happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I said I'll do Stranger Things and I've done Stranger Things. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, we shall see. That, that, that's my intention anyway. I've come up with a solution. I'll yeah. just text you. I'll say, have you seen it yet? You bastard. <laughs> and I, I shall twit pick. <laughs> <laughs> from my rubber ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, so yeah, that's that's Doctor Who. So, uh, other stuff, well, over the last couple of weeks, there's been a few events and so forth yeah. that, that we've been to. I don't know whether you guys have. There was a, there was a massive one in the in the states. You know, just just a little thing called well, San Diego. because yeah, obviously we, we haven't done anything since Comic Con, have we? Yeah, no, we haven't done since before then. Um, We've kind of tweeted some of the news from it and some of yeah. the other bits because that was the the uh, article I put out. I think it was yesterday about the BBC show. That was the picture. That was from yeah. Comic Con where they announced. I can't remember what, they were, what it's called now. It's a, a new supernatural drama on BBC Two with John Sim and I never remember the guy's name. The guy who played Checkmate in uh, The Cape and he was in True Blood and all sorts of stuff. Yes. Can I never I remember the guy's name. Yeah. I, I know the one he's But he's, he's been in pretty much every show that I've really enjoyed yeah. over the last couple he of was, years. He was the. Um, he was in Lie to Me in the episode yeah. where he's playing. Yes, he was. Playing cards. Yeah. 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 Which I recently watched. Lie to Me was awesome. I yeah. watched all three episodes on three seasons on uh, Netflix. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, when's the next season out? And then I saw that it had been cancelled. Yeah. And I was just distraught. I Don't you just love how his swear words get more oblique, yet more offensive as the show yeah. goes on, as he puts in more blatant English swear words that Americans have no clue yeah. what it means. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, he got wanker and bollocks in there. <laughs> yeah. But he told, his, he told his daughter off he's in bollocks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was just kind of cool. But I like the way that she actually says those some of those words in, in, in a very British way. Yeah. So what, what what was the most surprising news out of Comic Con for I you? Think the most surprising news out of Comic Con was the lack of real news out of Comic Con. That, yeah, I think that's the Good thing for point. me is that there really wasn't that much out yeah, of it. I was going to say I didn't really hear anything. You know, it's just like 
even the Marvel panel mm. wasn't particularly surprising. They filled in what we suspected already, but there's no big announcements. There was no what the internet's been trolling for. There's been no female lead movie. No, no. In the Marvel universe, yeah. which everyone was looking for, but that never came. Um, and but I, I to kind of just pick up on that and talk about something that we were going to talk about anyway. There was the the announcement of the female Thor. Yeah. Was made, but not as a but this isn't a film. This is obviously through the comics. Comics, comics. Yeah. So yeah, Marvel have said there's going to be a female Thor, and, and it seemed to cause an uproar, which I didn't quite get. I didn't understand it. No, I didn't understand why people were upset about it. Because they were thinking of movie. Well, actually, as soon as I, they heard it. From what I, a lot of threads and things that I've seen that people seem to be ranting about is they assume that that is it. There is no, there is no, there is no male thought anymore in any kind of genre, whether it be comic book, comic, uh, comic book um, animation or film. And I think that's what they perceived it to be. You think the internet was pissed off because it was like, oh, we're only getting a comic then? Yes. Okay. Uh, not, no, not we're only getting a comic then. It's more of a. They completely missed the point altogether, and it's all they saw female Thor going, Oh, fuck, the next movie's going to have a female, what? And they didn't understand the concept that it's just the comic book okay. for that. I don't know, because I've seen a lot, of, a, a lot of knee jerk reactions about kind of making Thor into a female, uh, and I think a lot of but I think most people who were kind of arguing back about it were it's likely to happen along these lines, which yeah. is the usual Marvel thing, which is Thor will be Thor, Some uh, a, a, a woman will pick up Mjolnir and get the title of Thor in the same way people like Beta Ray Bill did in the past yeah. and become Thor for a while. Yeah. Then once that's all finished, it'll go back to being normal. So it'll, yeah. it'll just be like a, 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 a plot arc that will then end up back where it where it was before, yeah. I don't think they're going to carry it on forever as, as Thor being... It's uh, not going to be a case know. of Thor wakes up one morning and suddenly his penis is gone, he's turned into a woman. It's going to be... Why? In his hand, flopping. Yeah. Why, Lord, why? I, I think it, something, something will happen. Something's going to happen in the last few it runs of... issues of this run, where Thor, for some reason, loses his mm. worthiness. And there'll We're be not a, worthy! There'll be a female character will come along who is worthy will pick up Mjolnir and will become Thor because mm. after Secret Invasion the Thor's Odin force was merged by Doctor Strange with Mjolnir to repair it mm. so that's where that will come from the thing that annoyed me was the whole Disney princess meme where like Disney owns Marvel Marvel owns Thor Thor's now a woman Thor's a Disney princess it's like no he's not mm. Thor is still going to be yeah, that, the, the prince of Asgard mm. another th- character who is a woman is going to be that I the- think what annoyed people um, about it was the fact that they were trying to say is it being very pro-female and about bringing women to comics and very pro-women whereas in actual fact actually just doing a proper female character I think. on its own mm. would have been a better thing than yeah. just say a woman picks up the hammer yeah, yeah from you that know? point of view that, that, that's a good uh, yeah. that's a good call because um, you know we were we were thinking about you know well what happened if you brought in Freya being all kick ass and yeah, you know, or, or, have a proper or even or even thing. Lady Sif yeah yeah mm. so um, I think that's that's from the the point of view I was seeing, it was a very much from the 
the feminism point of view of why can't if you're going to do proactive female thing, why just do it as a but I think a that's special what I, I think that's what this is going to be. Mm. I think it's, she's not just going to come, she's, she's not just going to come and pick up the hammer and suddenly she's Thor. She's going to have an origin story, yeah. and she's going to be developed as a character. And then she life. will continue on as a character after Thor gets his yeah. hammer back and everything. She will still be a character in the same way that you know, Beta Ray Bill or whatever are still kicking around in the Marvel universe. Yeah, because don't forget Thor has died and come back as a robot yeah, before. But that's a, that's an interesting point because that uh, the parallel of that with Doctor Who and making Doctor Who a female. How do you think they they compare? I say. In terms that you know, you're saying that feminists were saying, well, can't they just create uh, an independent they, person? It, yeah, it, it, that argument is why don't they create an independent female time lord and well, have that not? instead of making Doctor Who, Who female? Yes. I'm not pro Doctor Who being female Indeed. at all. So it's just it's just interesting yeah. because that argument did come yeah, up this a year. Fe- a female time lord would work. For me, it would work better in in that genre well, as well. We've got female time. We've got the. Well, yeah, there's, there's yes, yeah, I, I know. You, there's several. Yeah, there's yes. Romana and the Rani, and yeah, they are. Well, they're not in the current thing. Not yeah. yet. Yeah. The only time you <laughs> actually kind of get that in sci-fi, well, one of the times is, is Jadzia Dax, where you have all the memories of being a man, but you're mm. actually a woman. And how do you balance that? And that's was, what you'd have to do in if Doctor Who was a woman. Yes, it would you be. would have to. You know, it'd be very much acknowledging the fact that it spent the vast majority of time as a man and it had yeah. to be a woman that time. Indeed. And it turns out it's a butch lesbian who likes women anyway. Mm. Because of the memories. No. no. That, I was taking the piss with that <laughs> comment. I just <laughs> thought I'd better throw that in there. <laughs> Before we, we get uh, <laughs> get some door kicked in. She's aided. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> what, by hordes of women? No, it's not actually. <laughs> but that was in a good way. <laughs> well, yeah, and um, that's Marvel. DC News? Was there anything really earth shattering from DC apart from more pictures from what is going to be the absolute clusterfuck that well, is now? Yeah, and, and yeah, like, Jason Momoa is now Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, does anybody care anymore? <laughs> no. I mean, they had uh, the Wonder Woman <clears throat> costume, uh, which was cool, so the Gail Gatto mm-hmm. reveal uh, was was interesting. Um, and they've modernised that in the same way that they've tried to modernise both the Batman and the Superman costume, even though actually the Batman costume is probably more of a reversal to the Dark original, Dark Dark yeah, Dark yeah, yeah. Silver yeah. Age, but Batman, the Superman but one <laughs> wasn't entirely necessary. I've still to that not seen degree. the first one. The first, first. Superman, Man of Steel. Reboot. Man of Steel. Yeah, yeah don't. don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a resounding yeah. one. Then. Yeah. <laughs> just, just don't. Um, it comes to something when the Dark Knight, uh, the Dark Knight, gets more laughs. Than Superman. When if ever a Batman film was getting more laughs than a Superman movie, <laughs> then something's gone wrong with the Superman movie. It's the simplest origin story in the fucking world to get right, and somehow every single time they reboot the series, they manage to fuck it up. Mm. Yeah, true. Superman is a story of hope. Yeah. He he is Apollo. He is light. He is a, a god amongst men. Um, it doesn't need to be that fucking complex. Yeah, it doesn't need to be dragged down and 
made gritty and real by Christopher Nolan's sensibilities of what makes modern sort of blockbuster movies. What works for Batman, who is the antithesis of Superman in terms of the fact that he is dark and brooding. And human. And human. <laughs> works for Batman. It doesn't work for Superman. No. Superman has to be positive. You have to be left with hope. You can't see the one force for, for good kill at the end of the movie. You just can't. You just destroy everything that Superman has been about. And that's why that film is shit. Superman doesn't <laughs> kill let's, people. Let's he puts even, them in crystals to float in well, space. Let's not even get into the collateral <laughs> damage. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well documented my feelings on the collateral yeah. damage in that so, film. So yeah, the, 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 that's why uh, Dawn of Justice, Batman vs Superman, is just going to suck balls. Because they can't decide... Who's going to win? <laughs> they can't decide which source they're drawing from. I mean, they've now come out and said, that was the one thing from the panel, was they did say that uh, Ben Affleck's Batman has been fighting crime for years, but not in the same way that Christian Bale did in terms of him being this hero vigilante taking on the big guys, but in the way that Bat in the way that made Batman jaded in Dark Knight Returns, and the fact that he is just taking on people, and he's come back to do that after 10 years. But what's really frustrating is there's a fucking amazing animated movie in two parts called The Dark Knight Returns, based on Frank Miller's book, which you should just watch and just forget about Batman vs Superman. Yeah, I think at the moment I've got a more thinking about just forgetting about the DC Cinematic Universe and just throw myself into the CW and ABC's television universes, because yeah. they look like they're going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in what Gotham does. Yeah. Uh, so there's Gotham, there's Constantine, there's The Flash, there's Arrow. DC TV universe looks amazing. It does. Apparently they've rejigged the pilot for Constantine. Oh, okay. Following, so yeah, what we what I suspected when yeah. I saw that <clears throat> leaked preview, was, preview. was that they'll rejig it. I think they've had to because I think the actress in that left. Okay. She left after the pilot, so they've kind of had to rejig things so yeah. that... That episode two isn't just another pilot for yeah. a new character. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah. The other thing out of STCC, which I love every year, is the Nerd Machine, the Nerd, Nerd Machine, HQ, yeah. and they were brilliant again this year. I think Nathan Fillion must have done like three or four panels. <laughs> Alan Tudyk is just hilarious every time he's on stage. Yeah. The Joss Whedon panel. Joss Whedon couldn't be there because he he'd injured himself filming as well and he'd gone to hospital and he said oh well he can't fly he's like well, I've got to be in San Diego tomorrow <laughs> so he couldn't go but he uh, they, they put up a mystery panel of people who've been in the, the Whedon universe and then halfway through the big screen behind them came on it was Joss Whedon Skyping in from his hotel in London <laughs> but he did make a comment because someone asked him about uh, where Guardians of the Galaxy fits with Avengers and he said they're different galaxies. They are, very much so. Yeah. The only thing that linked them together was the collector via Sith. Via Sith, yeah. <clears throat> so there, there, there was no actual link between the yeah. movies. There's no, there's no immediate impact. No, 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 not at all. There really isn't. The, only, the only thing that links them together really is, is the existence of the Infinity Stones. Yeah. Which is really cool. And some fan asked him what he thought about DC fucking up their stuff as well, and how would he fix it, and he said, well, I wouldn't presume to even dare to tell them what to do. Well, no, not unless they paid him to come yeah. in and sort it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> then, yeah, I'm sure he'd have some great ideas. He's, he's just a 
massively diplomatic and he is, yeah, yeah. well-spoken person. Yeah. It's great fun to watch him. He's done a couple of panels actually on stage before, a couple of years yeah. back. It's always fun to watch, always fun to see. Yeah. And yeah, but those guys at Nerd Machine made so much money for Operation Smile this time around. Because yeah. they increased the capacity, every year they've been increasing the capacity number of seats. I think it's like 20 bucks per ticket. There's 500 tickets available per per talk, and like their talks were running all day, every day, mm. and all that money went to Operation Smile, and then whatever Nathan Fillion and Alan Tudyk could sell, yeah, on their uh, on their auctions. auctions, yeah, and people will just spend stupid money, yeah. to <coughs> buy stuff to just that buy whatever Alan Tudyk pulls out of his bulging sack. Yeah. <laughs> And Nathan Fillion has these magnetic cards as well, which you can stick to people's cars that are badly parked. Yes. <laughs> it says, uh, you're probably a very nice person, however you park like an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just make the sticker to their cars. Yeah. And like last, uh, when they did the Firefly 10th re- anniversary reunion uh, a year or so ago, he had a whole load of business cards that were just like saying, this is to certify that I've met Nathan Fillion. Um, and he was just handing them out to people because he didn't have time, obviously, to stop and actually sign everybody who was waiting outside Hall H for him. So, yeah, it said, this is certainly that I've met him. You can vote him. He'll validate it. <laughs> <laughs> he knows how to Comic-Con. He knows how to just really get into the spirit of it. It's very mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, aside from... That's where, I, that's where I usually go to. That's where you should go to. Yeah. Stuff is just watch the panels and hear the same questions asked every year and hear, oh, yeah. hear them answered slightly differently every now and again. But it's still just fun. But yeah, no massive news. No, no, there wasn't. No. Yeah. All the other events that we've been to over summer, we went to... Um, summer Fate. The Steampunk Summer Fate, ah. which was cool, which was at the uh, Royal Greenwich Observatory. Mm. Um, they, were, they had a, a Summer Fate day where, because the Longitude Punk exhibition has been on down there since May at the observatory itself, so they've taken over some of the observatory uh, we, yeah, we, we went up there and what they've done is as well as adding in their own kind of steampunk inventions and stuff uh, they've rewritten all of the kind of tags that go along with all the existing exhibits so people like Robert Rankin and Dr Jeff have gone in and rewritten the kind of information about actual historical things that are in there <laughs> and they're piss funny <laughs> uh, so we, we went up there um oh first of all we had uh, an afternoon, had tea, an afternoon tea in the queen's the house which was well, of course which was so we, we fantastic. Went, went up there and people can visit until january i think so there's still loads of time yeah january next year the longitude point exhibitions on until okay. we went up and were surrounded by lots of tourists and we're going in and we're giggling and laughing and, and think it's really hilarious and nobody else is laughing. <laughs> and we're just like, what's so funny? This is science. <laughs> like, no, 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 read the stuff. <laughs> read the stuff. Look at the thing. Kiwis do not do sat now. <laughs> read the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they do. <laughs> There, there is not an actual thing in the history of science called the Commodore 64 at this point in history. <laughs> people just, there, there were just so many people who just weren't getting it. Oh, and it was, yeah, we were, yeah, we were pissing ourselves because we, we, we'd obviously got ourselves kind of done up for steampunk, so we were all in our finery and ever with her tiny, tiny hats and things. Uh, we had loads of people actually taking photos of us, which was weird. Mm. We were having them in. 
afternoon <laughs> tea people were like, can we take a photo of you having your afternoon tea? I'm like, of course. <laughs> then we went down. Maybe they thought you were part of the show. Indeed. Yeah, well, I, I, I think it was just, yeah, because there were lots of people there done up for steampunk. They were yeah. everywhere. Because we got there and we were like, hmm, wonder where we're going. Over there where all the steampunks are stood. <laughs> that'll, that'll be it. <laughs> the, the main event was in the, the Queen's house. Mm. <coughs> um, um, not in the observatory. Um, the Queen's House is where we had our afternoon tea, and they were doing tours all day. And we got on a tour, and then we we were dancing. We're taking around. Yes, we we did some ballroom dancing in the in the entrance hall, and uh, we but had basically talks by various people going to around. Go back a little bit. The the. The reason this is all happening is because, is it the 500 year anniversary? 300, 300 year anniversary of the Longitude Prize. Yes. Which is uh, about how to basically tell where you are at sea. Okay. How, to, how lines of longitude work. And so at that point in history, they set out to inventors, you know, what was your ideas, how to make it work. And Everybody, and it was a massive amount of, of money that was. Chronometers done. and. Gadgetry. Artificial moons and all sorts of things that they that, that people put in as as ways to. Uh, it was such to make a lot work. of money that anybody <clears throat> would submit anything. Well, it it was to find somewhere, whilst it's to navigate world navigate. Yeah, mm. it's rather than how to la- how to find latitude. It was latitude was invented as a well, longitude. Longitude, yeah. sorry, was 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 came about because of yeah. this. Yeah. And, and yeah, the so prize this, was given for it. This was the sorry, so it was about inventors who put in their That's solutions it. to the longitude problem. Yes. And so the longitude punk exhibition is where they've basically got a bunch of steampunk artists to submit their versions now of how they would resolve the longitude problem. Okay, cool. And so you had Robert Rankins which involved Kiwis uh, and there was uh, Dr. Jeffs that involved elephants and submersibles and yeah there was one involving airships and wormholes another one involving planets and a dress and and then there was Ian Crichton's one which was giant beacons that they floated at the lines of longitude Uh, so yeah that's that's what it was all about so they incorporated all of that into the existing longitude exhibition which is like it's at the Greenwich Mean Time line yeah uh, but this one thing we had for the day and this the one theme. day that we went to they got a couple of the artists back so they got Dr Jeff and Ian Crichton Dr Hair Doctor and a couple of other people down and they were all taking part in these tours so as we went around different rooms there was one of these people there talking about their solution to the longitude problem so it was all a kind of in character tour around that's lovely. The day. And it was. It was absolutely lovely. It was fantastic. And there was live music outside. They were selling wine and beers on the lawn. Or was it Sunday Dancer, the band were Sunday called? Driver. Sunday Driver. Um, and the, the, yeah, they're they were a folk, uh, Bollywood, steampunk folk Bollywood band. steampunk band that have harps and all sorts of weird things. They, they, were, they were really cool. It was the really artist cool. doing... Painting. There was a guy doing portraits in the hallway in the way in. So yeah, it was it was an excellent day, and that was all. It was all the fr- the tour was all free, so you just book on it and you go down and do it. You paid to do stuff like the the tea, the afternoon tea and things, but really the actual nice. day itself was just free, and it was it was absolutely fantastic day out. It was really cool. So if they do any more of that, I think uh, the hair doctor said they've got another one due in November. They're doing something. 
again down there. So Lady Elsie said there was something in the first. Yeah, Lady Elsie. Sorry. So yeah, that, keep an eye out at the Royal Observatory because there is more of these things coming up throughout the year because the yeah. exhibition's on until next January. Oh, awesome! Cool. So keep an eye out. Uh, they are fabulous if you can get the chance to go down to them. I missed that. Oh, well, I did get to see there was um, the comics unmasked mm. at the British Library. How was that? We've not been to that yet. That was, well, that's closing soon. Unfortunately, I think that finishes on the nineteenth of August, which will be damn it, we're going to miss it then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tuesday. Um, I bought the big um, coffee table book about <laughs> it, so I'll just I'll lend you that. Cool. Yeah. But it was. I mean, I've always thought I've known a bit about comics. <laughs> And I just walked around there, and I was like, yeah, I know fuck all about comics. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, because it's not a massive exhibition space, but it still took me, I was in there like two, two and a half hours. Mm. Um, and they cover everything, the development from like uh, lithograph prints and stuff like that. And what you never really necessarily associate as, as being comics, mm. in the sense that we know them as the the books, yeah. the, like the individual cartoons, the, the, the political satire, it was probably the, like yeah, the three the, panel strip type yeah. things, yeah. There's an awful lot of propaganda in comics. Yes, there's mm. a huge amount. Loads. And, and, and just like the fact that their impact culturally on um, sexual equality and sort of trying to break barriers is probably undermined by the fact that they're just not appreciated as art forms um, by people en masse. Mm. And that there's more appreciation for comics and what they say by the wider public, more shit would get done. If you take um, comics as being kind of a simple way of communicating something, if you get it in a, something that you can slightly laugh at and, and a simple way of portraying it in a series of pictures, yeah then it actually gets that idea into your head a lot more efficiently than trying to read some sort of page about an idea, which is also probably why it gets dismissed yeah. and why it's effective at the same time. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and I think if you see it as an art form in the same way that you would see classical literature as an art form, then you have to say with every sort of type of art that you have, um, it's very much influenced by the society and culture prevalent at the time of which it yeah. is made. Yeah. Um, but it was great. And just walking through the exhibition, just seeing everything, and then going back and seeing, seeing the Alan Moore stuff mm. that I hadn't I, seen before yeah. Watchmen. You know, going back and all that, and going back and seeing uh, Dave McKean's work on earlier books before he came across and started doing Hellblazer and stuff like that was brilliant and they had uh, iPad they had little iPad stations every now and again where all the major comics that have been talked about so far were just there so you just sit and just read them so like, they had um, they had loads of Judge Dredd mm. and they had Zenith was on there oh Zenith mm. so awesome yeah and it was just incredible and like yeah the propaganda section was covered quite a lot mostly led by Beef Vendetta mm. um, yeah Viva Vendetta and Watchmen are kind of some of the biggest ones in that. Mm. It's kind of a shame, in a way, that some of these exhibitions don't get a higher 
covering in press and things because mm. with our with our summer fate we only found out about it from facebook and mm. the, the comics unmasked i actually found out through my dad okay. who knew that we yeah. we liked it my sister sent a message about it because mm. i i I'd made the mistake of not booking tickets for a certain event as it happened. Um, and it was literally, I got an email from the British Library saying Neil Gaiman will be doing a talk with Tori Amos about the mm. convergence of music and comics, which yeah. happens to be an area that I'm considering for post MA work on, on, on doctorate work. Mm. And so I was like, oh, that's amazing. When I get home, I'll book that. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. you fool! You fool! Got, got home and it was good. Yeah. yeah, I tried as soon as I heard about it the same day it was announced, yeah. it was yeah. gone. Yeah. I think it, within half an hour, wasn't it? Because, yeah, it was it was Neil Gaiman and Tori Amos doing a talk, Tori Amos then doing a gig, and then access on opening night to the exhibition. And yeah. was like, why? Absolutely. Why is that like drive two, home? Two, of my, <laughs> two of my biggest sort of, um, sort of heroes, I suppose. Yeah. I, Tori Amos. Uh, from a young age, I, mm. I just went, yeah, you're fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. I think you're great. Yeah. And of course, Neil Gaiman, you know, that's without saying. Yeah, really. The two of them have worked together so before. Event, yes, on on yeah. quite a few times. That event has the pulling um, power to get people over from America yeah, and yeah. from Europe to yeah. get to it. Yeah, yeah. easily. Because um, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Neil Gaiman, obviously based Delirium on on Tori Amos, and had written a ton of it in Tori Amos's house of the Sandman yeah. series. So you know, that, those two go back a long oh, way. Yeah. Which had the one down in Cornwall? That was the bridge. Yeah, one in the bridge. Yeah. So yeah, that was. Well, I learned from that mistake never to yeah. wait thirty minutes to book a Neil Gaiman ticket again. Indeed. So there you go. <laughs> but yeah, that that crushed me when I was like, oh, what the fuck, it's sold out. Mm. Destroyed. But yeah, I finally got to the actual exhibition itself, and it was well worth it. Cool. I felt like I learned stuff. Excellent. <laughs> and I felt much more encouraged about my academic route towards, <laughs> towards validation for yeah. PhD and that's, that's right. <coughs> towards that sort of level. Towards the post and I was like, oh actually you know what, yeah. There is there is real academic uh, potential in comics and music and cultural convergence. Cool. So sorted. Yeah. And then the other event that we did was over the weekend which was Nine Worlds. Yes. Nine Worlds Geek Fest, which we went to on, on the Saturday. Um, uh, it was a, a, an amazing event. It just the, the amount of stuff happening there is just insane because there's almost too much to deal with. Well, although there is oh, there is no far way. too much to deal with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you you cannot attend everything. That it's just not possible um, because there's like twenty different tracks on uh, of, of all manner of different stuff. There's like all the books. There's comics. There's food geekery, there's tech geekery, there's two separate Game of Thrones tracks, Doctor Who tracks, feminist tracks. It's just insane. LGBT. Yeah, there is just so much stuff there. Um, steampunk. Yeah, steampunk, yeah, of course. Well, who could forget the steampunks? <laughs> um, and, yeah, so on, on that day, we, kind of, we, we went through a various talks and panels we caught the end of a steampunk one we saw the game of thrones First, season four review panel and we we turned up and it's in a, a hotel near heathrow in the then, we did, Blue. then we did the check-in process and the mm. check-in process is very interesting because you got a bag from forbidden planet with two books in it mm. but you also have you sign in and you get your lanyard now if you don't want to be photographed you get a yellow lanyard and no one's meant to take photos of you well 
not meant to, but I think accidents can happen. Yeah. And then you can also get the communications clips to see how comfortable you are talking to other people. So the, if you're blue, it says, I'm shy, please talk to me. If you're yellow, it's talk to me if you know me. Yeah. And red is don't talk to me at all, I don't want to communicate. Mm-hmm. So you sort out the level of communication that you want on to start with. And then you're able to go and get your book and see what it is you want to do. And also everybody on their badges, you write your name. So on everybody's lanyard is your name. You can see who people are. Hmm. People might put the Twitter. Was that everybody or? Everybody. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely everybody had it with their name written on it. Yeah, so all the people who were panellists or whatever, all the organisers, everybody had the names on the badges, which was kind of cool. No, I'm, I'm meant as well as the colour coding and the yeah. to me kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, as well as all that. Yeah, like. yeah. yeah. Uh, and then there was also pronoun badges for people as well. So if you're identified as, as whatever, then you could have that on your pronoun badge. That's yeah. what you'd like to be referred to. So you, know, you could have been a badger or, or whatever you wanted to be. That was, that was kept very clean. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think because one, one of the main things about them is, is they very much promote the idea of inclusivity and diversity and making everybody feel as welcome as they can be and trying to minimise the amount of disruption to people who kind of find it difficult in that, so, in that yeah. kind of circumstances. So yeah. they kind of, they really go out for making everybody feel as comfortable as they possibly can be in the environment. There's meet and greet sessions. Yes. And, um, you yeah, know, they have, they have new people greeters around as well who also have lanyards so you can identify who the new people greeters are so that's that's their job too. And if you're lost you can go up to them and go, oh, I don't really know what I'm doing. Because it is, it's very over-facing when you first get there because there is, you're, you're immediately kind of info dumped with a huge amount of stuff and their rules and their codes of conduct and stuff and then the venue itself is very confusing because it's it's not like conventions that we've been to before where there's like arena over there arena over there and then some other small bits off there this is rooms in a massive building that are linked by lots of corridors and there are like bedrooms of them so like on the way down to where the steampunk rooms were, you basically walk through corridors and corridors of rooms where people are just sleeping in it, it, and to get to it. So it kind of, the venue works as somewhere that you would go and spend a day in one room as in, in a kind of meeting situation. Yeah, I kind of wandered around and there was the, the, the traders area, but I, I think to a certain extent, some of the rooms you you had to go down lots of corridors, and that and that was difficult, especially with the fact that there wasn't any pop up bars. Mm. What there was was lots of water. They had lots of water everywhere. So, you know, especially with it being hot, it mm. was great that you could get a drink with no fuss. Um, there was iced water. Mm. Um, but if you actually did want a an interesting drink, shall we say, um, you had to go and find one of the bars or restaurants and do and get a drink there, which the staff were exceedingly unhelpful. But if, if you were in a room in the back of beyond, like the steampunk room, you'd have to walk down three or four or five corridors to get to the get a drink, and then you had to carry them all the way back, yeah. which was a bit inconvenient. Yeah, so I, I think the venue wasn't fantastic, but the amount of stuff on offer was great. Yeah. And... I think it would make for a very, very personal experience because I don't think you'd find another person who did exactly the same things as you over the course of the weekend. And there's a lot to do. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's phenomenal. And I, I love the proactive approach. Yes. Mm. I love that they're not reactionary to issues, they're mm. very proactive about it. I, yeah, I, I read a lot of, uh, of um, the stuff before the event. Mm. I read a lot of that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and I liked what they put in, mm. uh, uh, the guidelines and the, their ethos that they've actually mm. purposefully stated yeah. and gone out of their way to secure people's safety and things yeah. like that. Was, I, so I, nice. I really, yeah, I really do condone that. It was so friendly, and there was, you could just talk to people. You know, you're in the south, and you could talk to people. Yeah. It's like being yeah. in the north all I, over again. I, I no, no, you're, I you're talking, talking to no, someone central, at the central. British Library, and it's got completely no. shut down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Emma, Horrible. Emma, you're central, okay? Central, central, not south. It's central. Central's Birmingham. No, no, no. London is south. I'm from Cornwall. Right? <laughs> I'm from Cornwall. Okay, now. <laughs> my, yeah. my my my. Co- again, why we let him talk? My cousin's, <laughs> uncle, no, my cousin's uncle. Right? Your He'd brother, never been. Who's, who's your brother? Who's, who's, your, who's your brother, Dad? No. First time he he's must be late forties, right? First time he ever went to London with this new lady or something. Right? He, he, they was right bloody ignorant. They was. I said hello to them, they said, fuck all. <laughs> what? What are you on about? I said good morning to every bugger on the bloody tube. They wouldn't fucking talk to me. <laughs> and social bastards here up north. He's <laughs> on about going up north. Mad, <laughs> oh, it was fucking brilliant. I don't go five minutes without talking to nobody. Everybody says morning to me, but they're bloody rude buggers, then. <laughs> My, when, when, my mom lived, when my mum lived in Cornwall, I said to her, oh, what were you doing this weekend? She said, oh, I went up north, meaning I'm going to see my, my brother in Manchester. She said, I went up north too. I went to Bude. <laughs> Bude. I went to Padstow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. Very much so. Yeah. I love Cornwall. <laughs> so you're all about the talking to people, you know. Oh, Cornwall does talk. Yeah. Yeah, Cornwall so you're about South not talking. Yeah, yeah. I think south you mean, you mean South Central. Yeah, that's South Central. That's yeah. what I Cent- Central. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also love the um, cosplay tokens you're telling me about yeah. as well. That's a really nice Yeah, idea. that is a great idea. Basically, in, in your kind of welcome packs, you get like four or five tokens. And what you do with those is if you see somebody who's cosplay, you like, you only give them a token. And then at the end of the weekend, if they've got as a, like a large amount of tokens, they can basically they cash them in for like a prize. Cool for the right. cosplay. It's a really nice idea. Yeah, because it, it's an icebreaker. It is. As well. Yeah, it's an icebreaker to get you up and talking to someone. Did the really cool ones have extra bags? Uh, yeah, well, because uh, the, the guy who won the Sci-Fi Weekend or the guy who went as nine a couple yes. of years ago, he was there. I chatted to him, and he was kind of, he had he had bulging pockets full of them. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, they borrowed it from Eastercom, and um, that it gives somebody an awesome cosplay token. It's a lovely way to have a friendly interaction. If you collect more than fifteen, you've won a prize. Yeah. So then you go to the the contest uh, table in the vendors hall and exchange your tokens for a prize. So I imagine that um, anybody, it, it, well, we knew we'd seen people who got sixty. You mm. probably pick up four prizes. Yeah, it's a nice idea. Yeah, it's a lovely idea. Yeah. And it seemed to be working really well. Yeah. Because there, uh, there were there were some people who were like there was a family there who um, 
their kid with them and they built a kind of big spaceship for the kid to be sat in. Cool. <laughs> people giving them tokens. That was yeah. kind of cool. I, th- I think that's a much better idea than than you know having almost professional cosplayers turning up and mm. then they they're winning everything. Yeah. Whereas people have different opinions, different yeah. things. Yeah. It's more. And it's it also more... kind of takes the. The, the the anxiety out of having to enter a competition yes. and being put on stage yes. and so forth. It's just yeah. you being around in, in your club. Yes, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I, it might start a bit of a reality check for some cosplayers because there was reports out of LFCC that there were some cosplayers who were charging people to take photographs of them. And if people were taking, if they saw someone taking a photo of them, they would, they were stopping them, saying, "No, not to see payment." And like these, these, these are people who've turned up to go to a convention who are coming up to pretend they are the point of the convention, mm. and I think that's mm. a little bit wrong. Yeah, well, because yeah. I was not quite the point. I there are professional cosplayers out there. They professional are, they cosplayers are... will be on the bill. For yes, the yes, and I was just about to say that there is professional cosplayers out there, but not necessarily. They they may not be fully on the bill, but they will have a stand. No, my my opinion no, is if, if you're a professional cosplayer and you're on a panel like like Tabitha Lyons mm. from Artifacts, she was doing she's done panels at a couple of LFCCs now. If she was uh, a named guest and was under the same rules as other guests, where you pay for your photo pass with them, mm. yeah. I completely understand it. Yeah. But someone who is a nobody, a no name nobody, who's not a con attendee, a con attendee yeah. Yeah, in absolutely. a really good costume, no, no, no. unless you pay me, it'd be like no, no. Get over yourself. There is an exception, of course. Is there? If there's a group of cosplayers there that are say, raising money for a charity. Oh, obviously, yeah. That's if it, different. If it was a small amount, like a pound, to have a photo taken, I think that's reasonable if it goes to a charity. If it goes to a charity, they'll always yeah. donate. But, but. but as, as attendees, to be walking around charging people for photographs, no, that's, yeah. that's not right. Yeah, no. indeed. But that's what I meant. They would be at a proper stall that's been set up they, by the organisers. They'd be a name case. Yeah. yeah. Bottom line. Anything other than a name guess? Yeah, I have to disagree with you slightly on that one. But, but it's an as an organised set of body organisers, they have a table. They will be set people, not necessarily so names, but dealer, they will be. If they're a dealer. Yeah. Yeah. If they're selling me stuff on the table, then I'll buy stuff on the table. But yeah. Yes. Jonathan Green didn't charge me a photo with him. Well, no, no, indeed. No. You know. Yeah. But that's not. But, what but I'm, he's also. But yeah. he's also a celebrity. But so if that is their business yeah. of selling photos yeah. of yeah. themselves, yes, then it should yeah. be. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. Indeed. But yeah. But that's that is part of the event. That's part of the I event. think that's kind of what Brendan was yeah. trying to get across. Is about yeah, but you were on about named celebrities. They're not actually necessarily a named. No, they will be they named. Are, there is there is <clears throat> professional cosplayers for this person, this person, this person, this person. Be named you can see them there in the program as being part of Those, the dealers area. The, yeah, they, yeah, they will be. They'll be named. Yeah, they will be named as being part of the dealers area. All yeah. all the people who are doing it for charity are normally named yeah. on the bill. But the GK, they do stuff for charity. They don't charge. Mm. No, that's, that's why I fucking love the Galactic Knights. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and all that's for charity, which is yeah. yeah. And but they I, do really well torturing small children. Oh, they do. Fantastic job with that. Yeah, and um, judges. and commando training as well. They do very yes. good commando training. It was with lovely bouncy floors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which must have been missing from my commando training. <laughs> yes, that's what we're going into. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were very subtly digging at you, sir. <laughs> 
obviously too subtly. Yeah. We were taking the piss out of you there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving up. <laughs> so yeah, I think the cosplay tokens are a lovely idea because yeah. it sort of makes yeah. it. Yeah. Just. Yeah. I, I would heartily, I would heartily recommend Nine Worlds. I mean, I know. Oh, I'm sold on it already. Next year they're using two hotels, so they'll be at the Radisson Blue again, and another one across the road as well. So they'll be using two hotels next year. That uh, means twice as many big twice rooms. Twice as much stuff going on. So that you'll be able to do bigger <laughs> events. Because um, the Steampunk Cabaret was one of the funniest things the I've seen. The Steampunk Cabaret was brilliant. But unfortunately, it was it only in a tiny room. Yeah. And miles to walk to a bar. But it was mm-hmm. hilarious. It was the Cognies, wasn't it? The Cognies, yeah. Yes. Well, hopefully we can do something next year as well. Yeah, That'd be cool. yeah. yeah we'll see. Yeah. Especially if you have another podcasting track, it'd be good to get on that and do something. Yeah. The podcasting room itself was very good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, so we managed to record we'll, we'll, a couple. Yeah, we'll have to get in early uh, next year and, and see what we can get yeah, absolutely. Come up with. So, yeah, that's kind like of. Like a portable bar. I guess it's onto the yeah onto, onto the song the topic of the day unfortunately but yeah. you know has to be talked about yeah about Robin Williams indeed which is the sad news about Robin Williams today um, there's been, uh, there's been mixed reactions about it on the net and you know you can totally understand why some people didn't like Robin Williams as uh, as an actor or in terms of some of his performances but I think the biggest thing that came out of today was the conversation of depression and mm. how it affects people. And I think that's the big thing to come out of this, that no matter how you're perceived, you could be perceived to be the happiest, most successful, one of the richest people in the world, and still depression can get you. Yeah. And that's the biggest, uh, like I, said, that, I think for me that's the biggest thing to come out of today, that the realisation that it, it can affect anyone, absolutely anyone. Yeah. I don't know why it broke me so badly today. I was just broken today. And I think, I think the reason why, especially because I, I, I got up this morning, I'd, I'd gone to sleep having heard the news and I got up this morning and news was still there and I was very upset. And I text my my mom and my dad and my sisters and just said, I love you. I'm mm. so sorry, I don't keep in touch and tell you that enough. And bless them, they all asked if I was all right. And all I said, why? I was just like, yeah, I'm fine. It's just whenever I see a story of someone who's lost the fight mm. with depression, it just mm. doesn't so much hit close to home as it hits crushingly straight through my chest. And yeah straight at me yeah. um, and I just think of the friends that I've lost already to yeah. that and yeah like I and I was just I put up a status because why not why not talk about it finally mm. and it's 21 years yeah. battling it and it doesn't matter whether I have good days or bad days. It's not something you ever really be. No, it really isn't. I mean, I think all of us in this room have dealt with it, yeah. and have dealt with it for a long, long time. Um, 
you know, I mean, I've, I've been on medication for it for years now, and it's, it's that, it's that thing that's always there, yeah. telling you that you're shit. No matter how well you're doing, yeah. it's that thing that's there that will never go away. That you always go, um, I'm fucking useless, and you just can't shake it. And it's 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 not just about being sad. No, That's no, it really isn't. No, it's not about being sad. No, the, the, the whole thing with depression, it, it, it used to be this back in the nineties. So like when I was thirteen and diagnosed with it, it was the whole stigma was it's this invisible thing. It's not a physical injury, so you can't see yeah. it. So it goes unidentified. And I think I think progress has been made. I think. It's no longer seen as this invisible thing as opposed to a physical injury, mm. but it's just misunderstood. And like, yeah. there's only there's only one way you can correctly identify a broken leg. It's your leg is broken. Yeah. But people misunderstand and misidentify depression. And I can yeah. have months where everything is fine and I'm feeling good, but it doesn't take much to knock me. No, indeed. And and it, it, the thing is, is, it comes from all sorts of different places. I mean, because I mean, after going through CBT and stuff, you, you kind of learn what it is that sets it off in you. Not that you can actually do anything about it. You just you kind of go, oh, like, it's fucking that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, with me, it's a sense of injustice. Uh, I have this inbuilt thing that good things should happen to good people and uh, and so forth. And when that doesn't happen, I get fucking furious about it, and that. That's that's the root of of my thing is that yeah. I I get so upset at injustices that I see in the world in people around me and things like that that I just can't cope with it. It's like things aren't fair. Yeah. People try the hardest and yeah. do the best. Yeah. And some so I've been the bane of your doesn't... I've been the bane of your depression for twelve years. <laughs> no, not no, at all. no. I, yeah, I, I don't mean. Yeah, I'm yeah. just making a, <clears throat> yeah. a little. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's just you know it, it's that. That kind of thing, you know. I've, I've I've been in situations. It's been to do with my work and stuff that I've fucking slogged my guts out at something, and all I get is shit from the people above me. Yeah. And it's that, and it just wears you and wears you and wears you down to the point where you just feel like you're fucking useless. And you know, you you, uh, it's so debilitating, and it is so difficult to get. It, 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 it's difficult to even haul yourself out of bed in the morning in yeah. some days, you know, it's, that's yeah. how bad it gets. And, yeah, I, I think the fact that this has happened today and it, it's, it's opened up the discussion again, I think it, it can only be a good thing yeah. that people are talking about it again. I'm not in no way saying it's a good thing what's happened because Absolutely. it's, no, it's not a horrible thing. It's just... um, but, you know, the more this is talked about, the more it is dealt with, the more that people realise that behind the smile there are problems yeah. Yeah. and they are real fucking problems yeah it's the you know there's a lot of people who when when your brain works really quickly and mm. such a level that you end up overthinking everything yeah and then you end up criticizing every bit and going over it and over yeah. it and over it could i have done better on that could i have done better <clears> on that you know as much as you may have loved his films he probably thought oh it was terrible that bit there i was bad yeah. on and that yeah bit, you know you, you, you criticise yourself oh, that's it. Yeah, I, I you get anxiety. My yeah. own yeah. fucking worst critic, and I think that's... I, the, the fact that we're we all, all sat are, here... Yeah, the all fact all. that we're all sat here and we're doing this, this is our kind of way of, of, of trying to do something about it, because 
we're putting ourselves out. And, you know, uh, I'm constantly going out and going, oh, did I say that right? Am I worried about, did I do that right? And yeah, Absolutely. When, when I edit one of these shows, yeah. Yeah. I, I edit a show and it takes so long because I think, can that be misconstrued? Yeah. Mm. Do I sound like an idiot? Yeah. What should I do? And mm. so, yeah. But the fact that we're just, we're doing it yeah. is you enough. Know, the, the, the fear is there that, you know, there will be a backlash. And at some point, there probably will be. You know, like the internet is full of trolls. They're yeah. full of people who will just have a go at people for no other reason than the fact that they can. Yeah. And, you know, we need to be able to deal with that in some way. Whether it's ignoring it, whether it's reacting against it, I, I don't know because we've not really come up against it yet. Yeah. Um, I, I, I guess only time will tell on it, but you know, I'd, I'd like to think that we can handle it. I think we can. Yeah, especially if it's done as a, a as a group thing yeah. rather than any one of us individually trying to take it on, yeah. as if we actually sit down, talk about it, and then mm. respond as a group. Yeah, and I think, and I think. Not just in terms of using that as a coping mechanism to respond to trolling on the internet, but just in general. Yeah, that's that's kind of my or where yeah. I was heading with yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you're not alone. Mm. But, yeah, from from an academic point of view, I'm particularly interested in the correlation between the subcultures of things people adopt and mm. proclivity towards particular mental mm. illnesses because I think there is and I, th I think that subgenres in particularly where you tend to find marginalised people you'll tend to find people who will be depressed because they've been marginalised to that extent and mm. that's now their their form of escape like like movies primarily on my form of escape. Mm. Yeah. I think well, I think we've briefly touched on escapism before in yeah. terms of why we do things we do because that was certainly the driving force behind a lot of the role playing I used to yeah. do was to yeah. get away from who I was and be somebody else for a little while. Yeah. That was how immersive I was getting with those games was that's what I I had to go and do that and get away from being me for a yeah. little while because I just couldn't handle being me all the time. Yeah, I don't think I could have got through college if I hadn't certainly found a role play group mm. and been brought into <clears throat> into that because that just made me more confident. Yeah, it, it stimulates the imagination, which any good storytelling will do. But yeah. being in a, a small group and doing the teamwork that you do as your characters and then realising that, that transfers to you as the player as well and that you're mm. in a place where you can just create and not be judged for what you're creating mm. is part of the process of finding ways of coping with, with depression mm. and, and with anything that really ails you. But the biggest take home would be that you're not alone yeah. in it, um, like ever. Uh, and the one thing I saw was like people saying, um, if you know someone with depression, go and talk to them. It's not quite as easy as that. No. no. Um, I can just just speaking for myself. Over the years, I have developed quite a good shield to protect myself against people. So people who talk to me, just the ones, don't really get to know me because they could be the same as. The kids at high school who bullied me to the extent that I was hospitalised yeah. with depression. So it's the people that get through that shell that get to know me. So if you're 
know a friend with depression and you talk to them, you don't seem to make any progress the first time you talk to them, don't stop talking to them, mm. keep trying. Um, once you've got through whatever self-defence and coping mechanisms they have, you'll get to them and just that endurance will let them know that you do care. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And sometimes it's more about listening than talking. Yeah. Uh, this whole conversation has probably come, well, definitely come two days too late in Robin Williams' case. Yeah, indeed. Uh, yeah. But if it does stimulate a more global conversation about issues of mental health and depression, then that can only be a silver lining to find in this mm. horrible, horrible dark cloud of tragedy. Um, yeah. Indeed. Sorry for getting deep on you, folks. <laughs> there, are, there, are, there are about, there are, there are recorded just under 6,000 deaths by suicide in the UK in 2012, um, the massive proportion of which were male, 18 to 47. Um, it, the, the, the ratio of male to female was massively out of back. I think it was 5 to 1. Um, so yeah, find help online. We'll see what we can dig up to put in the show notes. Yeah, or anything. yeah. You know, we'll see what we can pull together. But however you want to remember Robin Williams, just personally, I remember him as a phenomenal actor who was in some of my very favourite films. Yeah. Uh, and not just for my enjoyment, but films that I could watch with my sisters when we were growing up. Like Hook. Yeah. Um, and even though I did prefer his work and drama over comedy, Good Will Hunting and... Yes, uh, Good Will Hunting and Dead Poets Society. Dead Poets Society. <laughs> you know, it's... Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a loss. And it's always a tragedy when someone loses this fight. But if you're still fighting it, just keep fighting it. And remember, you don't have to do it on your own. Indeed. And we've got an awesome song to play us out we this have, week, haven't we? We've got... A lovely song called Poets by Esther Joy Lane, who is a student of mine. Uh, it uses samples from Dead Poets Society. It's a wonderful piece of music and composition, and there's nothing more to say about it, and it's a, a beautiful, fitting tribute. Yeah. And we'll close out the show with that. Yeah. Um, I think that's it for this week. I think, I think that's it for this week. So, I've been Brendan. I've been Spindles. I've been Aidy. I've been Emma. Take care. Uh, well, until next time, take care and now more so than ever, just be excellent to each other. Whatever you rosebud while you may, old time is still a flying. And this same flower that smiles today, tomorrow will be dying. Whether you rosebud while you may, Latin term for that sentiment is carpe diem. Seize the day, the day, the day. Always lay
Listen, you heard it. 